Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. I'm your host, Mitch Friedman. Ideas have consequences, and every day you're exposed to ideas that promise human flourishing. Our mission here on the Pinocchio Project is to equip you to examine these everyday ideas so that you can determine for yourself whether or not they deliver on their promises. Hey, all welcome to the Pinocchio Project. Uh, if you're watching this, you can see I'm not in my usual library studio at the house. I am on campus uh, at the church I serve, which is North Lake Community Church in Lago Vista, Texas. And uh, this is an unusual week for us, very uh, hectic in the right way. Uh, we are getting ready to serve the community uh, with our Easter activities. So this is going to be just a brief installment of the Pinocchio Project. Uh, Easter is a very important time, obviously. It is uh, the resurrection is the single most important event in human history, and that's proven not just in calendaring uh, as the life of Jesus and his birth and then his death and resurrection sort of separates from A.D., B.C., or B.C., A.D., uh, and, you know, been secularized to uh, uh, B.C.E., before the common era, common era, but it's still uh, now in the common era. That's the same demarcation of B.C. and A.D. Uh, so, uh, obviously, a very important week from the uh, historical timeline perspective even more important from the eternal perspective. And so uh, in 1991, uh, your host, Mitch Friedman, yours truly, uh, was lost in some worldview lies of his own. Uh, he had bought into the, I had, I'm not, I'm not going to reference myself in the third person, I don't think, but I was living in a false construct of what flourishing life should look like, and it had already proven itself to be less than satisfying. Uh, I really didn't have a solid alternative to consider, and really, I guess inwardly, I was living more and more a life of quiet desperation, even though outwardly all the billboard uh, accompaniments that announced who I was were uh, broadcasting to the world that I actually was significant, and I was somebody, and I had security, and I had purpose. Uh, I had reached if you will, the uh, pinnacle of my career advancement as a, uh, in my early 30s uh, executive uh, and was, again, beginning to realize that that wasn't the place of security. Uh, every, every horizontal, uh, time-bound, temporal uh, promise of ultimate fulfillment is ultimately... Uh, uh, disappointing, if you will. It's kind of like Chinese food. You have a really great, great hunger, and then you recognize that this is the feast that's going to uh, fill me up and satisfy me. So you get your chopsticks hurriedly moving into the bowl, and it's so satiating and just so absolutely meaningful from a digestive perspective. You feel so full. And then an hour later, you're hungry again. Well, that was pretty uh, much descriptive of my life of uh, vocational uh, success, climbing up the ladder to the vice presidency of a large company. And, uh, you know, the money was there, the status was there, but the emptiness remained. 
And so I didn't, again, have a real construct for what to consider other than to scramble further up the ladder from the VP position to uh, the next ultimate goal, which would be something like the executive VP or something like the presidency of the corporation. And so I was getting ready to make that move. I was gearing up, hopefully, even though I knew in the deep recesses of my soul that the scramble up that ladder the next few rungs were going to be just as Chinese food-like as the previous rungs. And then God uh, intervened, uh, only way to describe it, by bringing some people into my life and events into my life and events into my wife's life that uh, caused her to be curious about uh, her church world and her spiritual life. And God used her and some people in my vocational life people that worked for me as gas, natural gas traders and a man at the vice presidency position that was a peer uh, just started sharing Jesus with me. Uh, first from the perspective of uh, they knew I was Jewish and so they shared from the perspective of everything that the Hebrew text or the Old Testament had to say in promising a Messiah, someone who was the anointed one that would uh, come to save the world uh, from its sins and then individually save people from their sins and offer something more satisfying than the temporal Chinese food of earthly accomplishments. Uh, they realized pretty quick that to talk to me from the standpoint of being a Jew uh, was I was going to be meaningless because I wasn't really that well trained at being Jewish. I had a few years of training at Hebrew school, but not enough to have a frame of reference for what we call messianic prophecy or the, the foretelling of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, coming in the future that's embedded in the Hebrew text. So they just started talking to me about a man whose ladder was up against the wrong wall. And uh, my wife started going back to church in early 1991, and she invited me to church, uh, and God was uh, culminating all these conversations uh, with these people who cared about me. And my wife started going back to church, which I never knew there was a two-church for her, but she had been unsettled by some things happening in the world. And so she invited me to go to church with her on Easter of 1991. That was March 31st. And I walked into that church service. I agreed to go. I love people. I love crowds. You know, a, a friend is just uh, uh, waiting around the corner. You may not be known to me, but if you call yourself a stranger, I want you to be my friend. So I love, I just love meeting new people. So I thought this was a big environment for me to meet new people in. Well, my wife had a bunch of folks, a bunch of ladies that were in her Sunday school class uh, praying for me. And I'm sure my friends uh, that worked with me and my friend at the VP level, was all, they were also praying for me. But I walked into that service the same uh, self-centered, uh, prideful, accomplished uh, right billboard uh, here. This is who I am. Aren't I somebody? Even though the emptiness was rampant within, I walked into that service. That guy and then was literally ambushed uh, to faith. Um, quite honestly, the, the word picture I use is that God, in the course of that Easter service, cracked my chest open and pulled back the curtain and revealed the beauty of the Messiah, the resurrected Christ to me. Uh, I, it was totally unexpected. When I say ambush, that's uh, that's the right word. And uh, this is literally the only time I'd ever been in church other than for weddings and funerals because I'm Jewish and Jews don't go to church, by the way. 
Uh, that's fine. That was my banner. That was my defense. That was my fortress. Uh, but there were no fortresses that were strong enough to hold the truth of what God's Spirit did in my life uh, in that in that morning. And then following is everything from 1991 to the present day where this adventure with the Messiah has continued. So I think I wanted to relate that story uh, to encourage you in your own faith walk if you're a believer. If you're not a believer, you need to consider this Messiah who takes everything and makes it brand new, not from just the temporal perspective, where there is purpose and joy, even in chaos, but also secures your eternity. And also, if you know people that you maybe have written off, you would vote them least likely to be compelled by the gospel story. Just remember my story, because I would have been that guy if there was a yearbook for people uh, who would not, con you know, a segment of the yearbook, most likely to if there was a least likely to section of, of a heavenly yearbook, uh, I would have been voted least likely to be compelled by the gospel story. But everything is possible with God. What I want you to recognize is these people that you might have written off, that you might love dearly and are desperate for, but that they seem hopeless, God is always at work in, uh, in the world and in people's lives. He's always, he's always causing echoes and, and considerations of somebody's worldview that may be stuck in this model of promising flourishing that they know is not delivering. Uh, Augustine said that the human heart is restless uh, until it finds its home in Jesus. Uh, it's a bit of a paraphrase. What it means is every other pursuit that I have outside of the true, satisfying, substantive weight of God's love for me proven through his Son uh, is going to turn turn out to be just vain and uh, and without meaning. So continue to pray for those folks in your world that you have uh, voted them as least likely. You never know. This could be the, the Easter. Invite them to church. Invite them to services. This could be the Easter that least likely becomes, oh my goodness, ambush to most likely and most certainly. And so I want you to celebrate uh, your own faith this week, be grateful and restful. And I want you to also make a renewed effort to reach out to those and invite them, show your love for them by inviting them to hear the gospel story. And it's possible that least likely becomes most likely and most certainly. Uh, I'll be praying with you for those. So. Uh, a joyous resurrection to you. He is risen. He is risen indeed, and that changes everything. For the Pinocchio Project, this is Mitch Friedman, your host, uh, joyfully saved in e on Easter Sunday of 1991, and the adventure continues, as does yours. Mitch Friedman, signing off. Thanks so much for being with us on the Pinocchio Project today. If this podcast has value for you, please subscribe or follow give us a five-star rating and share. If you have an everyday idea you'd like to submit for us to examine, simply email us at pinocchioprojectpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at pinocchiopod, or you can hit the links in the show notes below. Thanks again for listening. And remember, your everyday ideas have significant consequences. <laughs>